Hi, everybody. Welcome to Driving to the Baskets Draft Lottery Win Edition. As we're recording this about, I don't know, maybe like 20, 25 minutes after we got the big news, Detroit Pistons will pick first overall in the 2021 NBA Draft. So, yes, awesome. All right, Tommy, how are you feeling? I'm still in shock, man. Like, my hands are shaking. Like, this whole time we've been prepping for this, we've just been talking to people. And, like, I, I can't stop, like, physically moving. I just – I didn't really consider the possibility that this would happen. It just didn't feel like something that would happen. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I actually felt felt differently. I mean, with all the Pistons have gone through and, and all the times they dropped in the lottery. And uh, I just – it's like I said on the Kate episode. Yeah, for those of you who uh, who haven't listened, uh, the, the episode we posted on, I believe it was Sunday. Sunday. Uh, it was our last uh, – yeah, our last – pre-lottery draft preview was about been about 50 minutes, uh, five zero minutes worth of Cade Cunningham. And then some talk afterward that's now completely irrelevant uh, <laughs> because, uh, because <laughs> no, man, it's not complete. You called this in that episode. You called number yeah. one overall. So thank you. That's true. I did call number one overall. <laughs> I Yay. called fifth. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I just, I just felt like, I just felt like it was time for something to go seriously right for the Pistons and for Pistons fans. And I'm just so happy for the team uh, and for the fans and for the city of Detroit. And, uh, and uh, yeah, this, this is just huge. And, you know, it's, it's proof that things go right. And I'll, uh, I'll say to Troy Weaver, not to Troy Weaver. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, podcast Troy, thank you. We really uh, appreciate your patronage and, and hope to have <laughs> you on someday. Uh, but uh, definitely his first season with the Pistons went about as well as it possibly could have. Uh, you really revamped almost the entirety of the roster, literally second and boy is the only player left. So, uh, and you, uh, you offload Blake Griffin, you just send Derek Rose onto a team he wants to be with. You bring in Diallo. Uh, you have the guys from, from the 2020, uh, 2020 draft. Two of them are all rookie. You know, you've got a good, you got a great team culture going forward. I mean, this, this has gone about as well as it possibly could have. I'm not going to give him credit for winning the lottery, but he definitely did have a role in keeping the veterans out down the stretch. And even that one loss against Orlando was so clutch. I mean, it's just a lot of things had to go right. But before we go any further, let's get in a quick word from our sponsors, DraftKings. All right, guys. So today we're going to be telling you about DraftKings Sportsbook. It's my favorite sportsbook. My friends and family love it. It's America's top rated one as well. There's tons to do, tons to bet on. they got a great new promotion going on right now. Basically, you're going to pick any team still in the NBA playoffs, and if they win that game, you're going to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. And it's not just basketball. They offer promotions on baseball, hockey, so much more all week long. It's safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you'll claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And with that being said, let's get back to the episode. I just so, got a notification from, from Bleacher Report that says Kate is only visiting the Pistons. Yep, I saw that too. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, from uh, from Woj, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is, uh, 
Yeah. Um, I mean, just, just, you know, I've talked for a while. Tell me more about, about how you're feeling, what you think this means. Um, I'm thinking about, I was in class. I was in an evening class when we made the Blake Griffin trade and I was just like, what, what are we, what are we doing here? Cause that was, I think that was like peak, just directionless stupidity. And like, it's not like we're guaranteed contenders now, but we, it's, it's so great that we picked a direction and it worked out this beautifully. I just can't. Yeah. It, it makes all that feel, I mean, look, granted, we haven't won anything yet, but the, the fact that we feel like real legitimate hope for the first time in how long, how long do you think it's been? 15, 15 years minimum? I mean, I felt some hope during that first two months of the 2017, 2018 season when the Pistons came out. I mean, this is, you know, for obviously Tommy and I here just came on without any plan whatsoever. And we're just talking. So <laughs> two very, very <laughs> excited fans. So bear with us. But yeah, 2017, 2018, beginning of that season when the Pistons came out and beat the Warriors and beat the Clippers uh, and beat the Celtics and whatnot. At that point, I was like, uh, you know, I, I just, I remember I used to watch this video that, that somebody made uh, back during that period in 2014 and 2014 uh, to the beginning of 2015 after they waved Josh Smith and the Pistons went on a 12 and three run before Jennings got injured. And I used to, watch that video and feel really wistful. And at that point in that season, I was like, okay, well, I feel hopeful again. Of course, we all know what happened. But the first, the last time, I mean, Pistons fans really had like true, went into a season and said, you know, we're really, really on the right track and great things are ahead. I don't know, during the going to work era, probably at the last time that they, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe the, maybe in 2005, even probably not too much past 2006 when the Pistons we're still a good team, but probably not going to win the championship. Obviously, we're not saying the Pistons are going to win a championship now, but, uh, you know, hope, like real hope for the future. I don't know. It's been a while. Let's just talk about the lineup. I mean, look, look I mean, obviously, I, I think Troy kind of mentioned that they wanted to run it back. I know they liked a lot of the guys that they had at the end of the year uh, uh, for the current iteration of the roster. I, I know that you think Josh Jackson will be gone. I certainly agree with that now. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know if he'll be gone immediately, but I mean, if he asked to be traded, I would say he's out, but they, yeah, I, I, I don't know if Josh Jackson is out. I mean, but what I'm thinking right now is just that the Pistons not only are going to get a guy who projects as a great player, but a guy who projects as a great player and a leader. I mean, we talked a lot about Jalen Suggs in terms of his leadership and just kind of get after it, work hard and really wants to lead a team. And I mean, Cade, you know, he doesn't have that kind of manic energy that Jalen Suggs does, but he's a more skilled player and, and by all accounts, super mature, super poised, and a guy who can lead both on the court and in the locker room where the, you know, in the Pistons in the locker room, I think we'll have no shortage of leaders between he and Isaiah Stewart and, and apparently Jeremy Grant. And, you know, who knows, maybe in Killian Hayes, uh, I don't think he'll ever be a vocal leader, but it seems like he has it in him. But the Pistons have a guy, at, or, you know, assuming they, they draft Cade, which seems uh, all but certain. I mean, I can't think of any scenario in which it would make sense for them to do anything else. It's not like you had, you know, Oklahoma City with two and five. Even then, it would be quite highly questionable to pass on Cade. So, yeah, you've got a guy who's not only super skilled, but is also projects as a guy who will lead this team. So that's just what I'm thinking about right now. As far as who Lee, who goes this summer, I think they still could still keep the yellow at a reasonable price because why not? I mean, honestly, a guy who can play a great six man role off the bench, I think uh, just Josh Jackson is going to find himself uh, really fighting for his NBA life probably because after this last season, I mean, I doubt anybody is any more impressed with them than they were before. 
yeah, what are your thoughts as far as uh, as far as going forward? I'm just thinking about the starting lineup, and uh, well, now it projects out as Cade Cunningham as your point guard. Uh, he's just where well, he's your lead ball handler. I don't well, know where they slot him in. Yeah, but um, that's the great thing you can slot him in anywhere. Anywhere yeah, no, from one, one through four, three. Four, honestly, two, he'll be he'll be completely fine. Yeah, four. I, I think, can, I, I think Sadiq is a good six, fit. Eight, yeah. Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Sadiq's a great fit next to him. Not ball dominant. Shoots the three ball well. Uh, Jeremy Grant is another dynamic guy who's going to be able to certainly make the most. Cause Jeremy, Jeremy can get to the rim, and uh, you know, given that he is probably one of the more, he's probably one of the better rim runners on the team. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of action there. Isaiah Stewart uh, on our on our in our Cade Cunningham episode. The thing about the Cade Cunningham episode that was different from all the other ones was, you know, we we kind of talked about how. Mobley, Suggs, Green, how they would fit next to the current group of guys. But when it came to to Cunningham, it's just like, look, this is this is your legitimate chance at a superstar. You need to make the most of him. You need to absolutely fit the roster around this. You have your guy. Now make the most of him. So I'm thinking about, like, is Killian the guy you want to ride with? Like, if you think is like, I even talked about, like, I think he's going to be better off ball. And I think that's an ideal role for him, honestly. But if his catch and shoot threes don't come along, just move on, honestly, because you don't need him anymore. Like his main thing was supposed to be ball handling and passing. And he's not a creator. He's not an offensive creator. Cade Cunningham is. Cade Cunningham is an offensive creator and generates opportunities better than anybody in this draft. Like it's not even a question. Well, yeah, no, I mean, not even not Sharif Cooper. Sharif Cooper is a fun passer, but Kate Cunningham is that guy. I just like what, what do you? I mean, I think that's the question: is Killian? Would you would I mean, you stick he, with Killian to this point? If he can't hit his catch and shoot threes, then he's done in the NBA. I mean, he's you know you see what guys can do who are good, who are really good passers, but can't shoot, and that's Alfred Payton. I mean, he's really peaked that in the NBA. I mean, you look at Ben Simmons; that's neither here nor there, but. I mean, that's basically that that boils down to just to find points, the ability to hit uh, to to shoot, basically the ability and the willingness to shoot, catch and shoot threes and do so in good percentage is just going to be a necessity for him as it's a necessity for almost everybody in the league. There are very few players, guys like Giannis, who can get away with not doing it. But even Giannis, you saw it can be an issue in the playoffs. We saw it. So that's just that's going to be a basic necessity. So if he can do that, then he has a shot at becoming what I've said is not ideal, but but now in this situation, we become much more palatable. Is kind of like Alonzo Ball, three and D and and uh, pass point guard who doesn't really drive. Though I think Killian will be will not have the same sort of aversion to contact that Alonzo Ball inexplicably has, and who knows if he'll be as a good as good of a defender. But I mean, if if he becomes that now, then okay, that's fine. You know, that's that's just, that's perfectly fine. If he if he yeah. if he never get, develops into a guy who can actually beat guys off the dribble in the pick and roll then, okay, well, now you're much more willing to live with that if he's just a guy who can play secondary ball handler and, like I said last episode, a guy who now has an open lane to exploit when Cade gets him the ball, even if he doesn't, even if it's best for him not to shoot right away, then he's a guy who's going to be able to exploit that open lane or just have an easier time getting into the interior. And he's still a very good passer with very good vision who makes the right play. Uh, He needs more seasoning, of course, as we saw last season, but... You know, in a worst case scenario, you might decide that, hey, you know, we want Diallo in the starting lineup just to have more athleticism and 
because, you know, we feel he gives more than enough as far as ball handling. And then maybe try Killian as kind of like a Lou Williams type who's just, you know, assuming he can develop and in, in off the dribble game. But that's a lot to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you start Killian or Hamadou, think about the defense on this team, the length, the size. Nobody on this lineup in the starting lineup is shorter than 6'5. And they all play yeah. great defense. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure about I would say about greats, but they all they're all plus defenders. Yeah. Like uh Stewart is I mean, Stewart certainly showed he has what it takes, even as a rim protector. I mean, he he did very well as a starter. He started against mostly awful teams, but he's a capable rim protector, very good paint protector. We've been over that really hard to get around that guy when uh when he's defending you one on one. And you have Killian, yeah, I think plus defender. Bay, of course, a plus defender. Grant, I think his defense will improve as well. It, you know, it wasn't bad last season, but he had such a mammoth offensive load, and, and there are very few guys who can play that kind of elite defense while also carrying that. And, and then, yeah, of course, you have Cade, who will need to work on his defense against uh, against smaller, quicker guards because his lateral mobility isn't great. But five plus defenders, I mean, that's great. You know, no matter what you want to say. And if you put Hamadou in there, then you have another athletic defender. But you know, that's, you see if that happens. But I know we did bring up the, you know, do you trade? Was it with Cade? You know, do you trade uh, Isaiah Stewart? So you yeah, that get... was that was a question that I had had in that, that episode. And uh, yeah. I'm still not sure because like, look, I mean, I know we all love Isaiah Stewart, but he's not the most vertically gifted <laughs> player. And mm-hmm. I want to see Cade throw some lobs. I mean, I know that your question was, where do you find a guy who's a better fit than Isaiah Stewart? Because Isaiah Stewart, obviously, he does very many good things. Uh, especially for a team that's going to have this kind of defense. There's going to be transition opportunities. Isaiah Stewart runs the floor as well as any center, you know? Yeah. There's, there's all these questions. There are questions. There are, of course, they're not questions that you even try to answer in the upcoming season. <laughs> so they're not, they, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, I'll, I'll ride for it with Isaiah for at least a season. I'm not, I'm not saying, all right, get rid of him right now. Let's, let's see how that goes. Yeah. I do think Isaiah Stewart is going to be a very good player in this league. Yeah. The only question you have with bringing, Cade Cunningham into this lineup is, yeah, is, is basically boils down to, I would say, do you long-term want to keep Killian there when ultimately you don't have the most athletic starting lineup otherwise? That's that's really, I would say, the primary weakness that lineup would have is that, you know, Cade's not a super athletic guy. Uh, Isaiah just isn't very vertical. Uh, Bay isn't very vertical and doesn't have much burst. And, and Killian, of course, is Killian. So do you uh, try out... You know, it maybe it proves necessary, but I mean, it, basically, if you re-sign Hamadou, you have perhaps a remedy for that. And then Hamadou on his own, I've said it, I think he has, of course, you have Kane on the team. Uh, I think that Hamadou probably has the second or third highest ceiling of any of the youth, you know, whether it's he or Killian. Yeah. Because yeah, and he, he, with the Pistons, he shot 39% on threes, apparently low volume, but that's, that's significant improvement over his career averages. I mean, Absolutely. if he can keep... Yeah, if he can keep up, I mean, even 35%, he's incredibly valuable because, look, think about it. Like, like, I've said this probably on 20 different episodes. I love the Miami Heat drive and kick offense. We have the, we have like potentially one of the best offensive generators, you know, potentially coming into the league. And this guy is going to spearhead that. And now you have Jeremy Grant, you have Hamadou Diallo, two very, uh, you know, gifted in terms of burst guys on the wing. Uh, Sadiq Bay, just he's not that guy. I mean, he has he 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 was starting to add a little bit more to his bag to like kind of work around it. So, I, but I and then I don't know how his passing out of the post was. That's probably just something that he didn't get to show a lot of. But you know, these are all guys who are 
you're, they're going to demand coverage on, well, Hamadou has got to continue to prove himself, but theoretically, these are all guys who are going to demand coverage on the perimeter, and that's going to make things a lot easier for anybody trying to get into the lane. Like, we just needed that guy to get it going, and now we have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, it just it really hasn't quite hit home that the Pistons have one of those really uh, – like there was I, I don't remember who said this, and uh, I'm definitely not trying to take his words for mine. So if uh, if you're listening to this podcast and it was you who put it this way, uh, you know, just come to us on our Twitter, to the basket pod, uh, and tell me. And, uh, and definitely I'll be more than happy to credit you because you put it super well that the Pistons now have one of those sort of jumbo creators, one of those big guys like Doncic or Butler or even Harden, one of these guys who can helm and initiate your offense at an elite level that are just so valuable. You got Cade, who's just this great all-around six foot eight, two hundred and twenty-pound player, who who might be able to might be one of those guys you can you can ultimately turn to in the playoffs and say, "Here's the ball. This is a big moment. Score for it. You know, <laughs> take it and score, or take the ball. It's not a big moment. Take it and score. Take over a game. Like when was the last time the Pistons, like with the exception of that uh, that that one season from Blake Griffin, who was operating in an inherent disadvantage because he was. Oh, this is the way I would put it anyway. He's he's not a perimeter initiator, but whatever the case. He, uh, yeah, the Pistons, when was the last time the Pistons really had that kind of takeover player? And when did they last have that kind of takeover player who was this young? I think you look and you say Grant Hill. Uh, and, and Kate has been comped to, I've seen him comp to Grant Hill in some ways. Of course, he's not anywhere near as near as athletic as Grant. He's a better shooter than Grant Hill was, or projects as such. But um, yeah, it, it's just that we've been, on this podcast up and down constantly, of course, about just your need to have that elite offensive talent in order to win a championship in the NBA and the, and the Pistons certainly have the opportunity to take a big step in that direction. So all that said, actually, we've been joined now by Dante, one of the late, uh, late arrival to this recording. Dante, yeah. How are you feeling, around, man? Well, I was running around the block naked. So that's why I was late. <laughs> gotcha. You know, good, good thing you're a lawyer and you can defend yourself in court for that. Uh, there's no defense I don't think much for that of a case, though. I don't know if I get in front of the judge and I say, hey, the Pistons moved up for the first time in the new draft lottery rules uh, history. He would say, oh, you're good. You're fine. So nothing would actually happen to me if I explain. What if he's a Raptors fan, though? If he's a Raptors fan, I I just wouldn't be in that courtroom. Well, uh, I think a better way of putting it, you'd you'd probably be in in prison without a trial. Oh, my God. That would be It'd be like Game of Thrones trial by combat. Well... You can take him. He's he's probably an old man. You got it. Yeah, but uh, with uh, with all that being said, I I was screaming every single time it wasn't the Pistons, and I couldn't. I still can't really believe it. I feel like numb. Like I was like shaking. I don't know if I should see a doctor. (laughs) No, we we all said the same thing. We my hands my hands have not been steady since we started recording. Oh, it's insane. Well, it's it's franchise defining, right? And so I was just um, going over it. No, it can be. Yeah, I, I was just going over it with some of my friends who are here. It's just Cade's the type of player who will bring relevancy not only to the Pistons, it seems like to the city of Detroit, right? That's yeah, it's invaluable, man. I literally just said to my dad, I was like, "Hey, he's not just the face of the Pistons; he might be the face of Detroit sports." Yeah, no, I was thinking yeah. about that. Like New Orleans, how irrelevant were they before they got Zion? How irrelevant have the Pistons been for the last decade and a half? Well, like yep. we might say- be relevant they had they had, they had drooperies you know he actually had that that oh no i was talking about the pelicans not new orleans the city oh okay gotcha well i mean actually <laughs> if you're talking about the city of new orleans uh drew Brees and then zion had this thing where drew Brees came over and kind of like ceremonially brought him a, a jersey or something to ceremonially hand over the 
Uh, yeah, I remember that in the hotel room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, yeah, so, lost Stafford. This is this is our. Uh, no, yeah. I'll trade Stafford oh, for Kane. Don't don't hate Mike. Don't hate Mike. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. No, nope. <laughs> no. Nope. Listen, I'm looking okay. at my Stafford bobblehead now. I would I would break that thing in half if it meant I could re-experience what I just experienced about an hour ago. That was. <laughs> I've never, I've never felt excitement like that with the Pistons in the last like six seven years. Like, it's crazy. What I, I, I said to even... Mike before we started recording was, I bet that's what it's like when the nurse hands you your, your first child. And Mike said, <laughs> uh, no, it's probably not as good as that. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's probably better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's probably better. I said, no, I said, I said, no, I don't think being handed your first child feels that good. Uh, <laughs> I got to ask you guys a favor. So, just for all the listeners, I wasn't actually in the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I wasn't actually in the Discord where all the boys got on a voice chat. Um, I had a bunch of people over at my house. So, what exactly happened? <laughs> what did I miss? I got to know what I missed. You guys must yeah. have exploded. So, yeah. So, we, uh, I'm sure a lot of you, uh, a lot of you are listening are, uh, from the uh well, actually learned of us from the detroit Pistons subreddit we have a, a discord server uh it's posted on that subreddit so yeah a lot of us were together uh, just uh, simul watching a stream of the draft lottery uh, a fully legal stream mind you mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it was just when we got to number six it's just this hush while the guy takes forever to pull the uh <laughs> you know to pick up the placard and it's not the pistons it's six and that's more like thank goodness. And then it's not the Pistons at five, and then there's a lot of excitement, and then the commercial hey, break. You screamed, Mike. Like we all yelled, yeah. but like I could hear you clearly. Yeah. So we we come back from commercial break, and it's like you have these guys on the screen. You have uh, you have Fred Van Fleet, and I don't remember who was for Cleveland, but who cares? It's the Cavaliers. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Couldn't matter. Kobe Altman, and then uh, I think Matumbo, yeah, or Kobe no, Altman, it was a large yeah. one. It was a large one. I was no, just looking at Ben. No, no, Kobe Altman's for the is for the Cavs. So yeah, and then you have yeah. many a big Ben and Elijah one. And at that point, it's kind of like, you know, I was still confident. But it's kind of like, you know, the little voice in the back of my head. It's like, let's be honest. This is the Pistons, and this is like top four, and these are with three teams who have uh, who have won. I guess the the Raptors. Had, well, actually, the Raptors did with when they drafted all time great Andrea Bargnani. Ah, yes. <laughs> but it, at that point, that was like the one point in which I felt with the Pistons. It was, I felt like. I guess at the time, part like this, a little voice in the back of my head said, okay, well, the Pistons made it the top four and they'll pick fourth. But a lot of me was like, okay, it's really possible and I'm going to believe. And we got to number three and it was like, all right, we're home, man. We made it. We're going to get Cade. We're going to get Mobley. We're going to get Green. And then it got to number two. And uh, I was, I was like, I was, I think everybody was feeling pretty good at that point. Yeah. And I was feeling good. And then suddenly they, they picked uh, Houston at number two. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my goodness! That's actually not what I said. I just started screaming. Like, yeah, uh, yeah I was know, gonna like, say, uh, no, that's not accurate. You got loud. No, it's <laughs> we all got yeah. loud. Yeah, we all got loud, and I was, I was like, I was like, my goodness, this actually happened. You know, I had faith that something good was going to happen for the Pistons, and something good happened. I mean, it was just great. And no, this uh, is I, I don't really remember the like the, the like the, the much about like the five minutes after that. To be honest, this is everybody. I, I, I was just walking around my room and like. I have my mic, uh, my microphone, so everybody could like could still hear. As I was like talking to everybody walking, around, I was just like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" Like a million times. Like that's all I could say. That's all I could, like. I just yelled yes really loudly every time the Pistons didn't get picked. And then when I saw like the the, the red lines 
on the the number two placard. I was oh, like, oh my, my that was it. Oh yeah, like, that 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 moment when I saw Houston there, I was like, because yeah. <laughs> you know what they usually do, or what they did uh, at least, I think they last say year. Who got the, year the number one pick? Yeah, they usually just say yeah. who got the number one rather than the number two. So I, they were picking the number two pick, and yeah, and I yeah, like you said, you saw those red lines, and I just. Like just everything just shattered into a million pieces. I was like, wow. I just I, like completely, <laughs> completely lost my composure. Can I remind um, everybody? Mike called number one. He yep. called it when we recorded a few days ago, and the man is a genius. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's. I was just like, I just felt good about it. Like I just felt good. I felt like something good is going to happen. And for any of you who believe in draft karma, for the team that did kind of tank but never really put out that lineup that was just going to lose constantly. Uh, and, and even even managed to win one uh, by accident down the down the road. I mean, the Magic just tried to put out the worst lineup they could. Yeah, the Thunder tried to put out the worst lineup they could. Mm-hmm. The Cavaliers were the Cavaliers. Uh, and uh, yeah, this also reminds me of we had a question recently. Do we regret signing Jeremy Grant for the number of games we won? Uh, no, <laughs> no. See, you remember what we said no. that question? Yeah, you remember you remember that what my, my answer question, was in that yeah. question. Yeah, yeah, my 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 answer was we'll see. There's no way to tell right now. We will see yeah. when the Pistons select in the lottery <laughs> because you know if they win those extra games because of Grant and they end up sixth and they win the lottery, then who cares? Mm-hmm. But I mean, the whole win the extra games thing. Now the only the only the only function that would have, I mean, it would only mattered if the Rockets had won, but you know that yeah. didn't happen. So this yeah, that, is- that 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 signing out went great. A lot of things went right for the Pistons, though. A I lot would of say. things went right. Yeah. And let me let me just say this because people were so critical of the Pistons in the offseason, specifically Troy Weaver. It's like, what are they doing with Grant? What are they doing with Plumley? What's this trade? What's that trade? Who are they signing? Who are they drafting? Look at us now, right? And I understand that a huge part of that is the lottery luck, but this is a team who I'm doing air quotes, but they built the right way. It's it seems like they did because you you want to think we were rewarded by some karmic justice, because we really went out there, put a decent, acceptable product on the floor, night after night, never outright tanked to the degree of like the process Sixers. And look at what we're rewarded with. A, a starting lineup of Cade, Hayes, presumably, Bay, Grant, and Stewart. That's that's like if you decided to rebuild a team on 2K, and that would be the team you have after two seasons. It, it, it sounds made up. Everybody's like 21 or 22 years old, aside from Grant. Tremendous upside at multiple positions. Like this is... I, it you got to pinch me, it's crazy. Yeah. Do you think we? Uh, do you think we play on opening night? That was my rant. Uh, doubt it, but I think that the piss. Well, here's the thing, that that K doesn't really have quite the same hype as say Zion Williamson. And Not Zion, yeah, but but he's he's, he's definitely I think he's also pretty like, good he's been as on, far as number one. We've been talking about him since he was 16. Yeah. yeah, so he's it's yeah. a it's a big thing. He's just he's not quite as exciting to watch. It's just like Luca doesn't get like opening night looks because even though he's a, an incredible player, uh, he's less exciting than say a Zion or a Curry or a LeBron or whoever else. But one thing is that this the Pistons are no longer not. I never cared about this, and this is just kind of like the underdog mentality of the Pistons in general. They're no longer a national nothing of a team who has done nothing and had nothing notable happen to it for a long time. I mean, this is now a team that has the first overall pick in a stack draft, and it's just it just came to mind. It's it's nice to, I imagine it, it is nice, particularly for the players and for the organization, for the for the organ just for the Pistons to be back on the national coverage map. And so they are, 
And they are. I've seen. Have you guys checked Twitter lately? Because people are blowing up. Like Pat McAfee was tweeting about it. This is Kate is not like because last year's class had very little fanfare. But like as far as number one picks go, like maybe Kate isn't as hyped as say a Zion or an Anthony Davis. But he's he's up there. He's he's a pretty yeah. good number. No, he one really pick. is. He is. He is. And people are taking note. And this is this is a game changer. Like this changes everything. I, I, even if we had picked second, I would have been ecstatic too, like for green or Mobley or whatever. But number one is just, it changes a lot of things. A lot of things. Can I just say the team that you like for how bad we were or how low we finished, we are not a bad team. Like, no, it's not. No, I don't think so. Like we are in a very, very good. We met, I mentioned this at at some point in one of the previous episodes, like, Whatever, whoever comes to the Pistons is entering a very good situation. Like this is Absolutely. not Houston, where you know you have, you know, immaturity issues. Draft picks are completely gone. Like they got the second overall pick, they'll probably end up with. If I had to guess right now, I would say I would take Jalen Green. Uh, mm. But me too. Who cares? Me too. <laughs> if, what, yeah. if if you gotten if you gotten second or third, that reason. If, no, no, if I was the Rockets, Rockets, I'm saying I would pick. I would oh, pick. If Jaylen you're the Rockets, Green. gotcha. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't. They have Christian. Probably, I, I just I wouldn't do it. Like they have they have uh, Kevin Porter Jr. But they have Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, I mean it's just the the trouble is I mean you don't think about overlap obviously, but if I were them, I might consider going. You know, just saying okay, I'm going to try to ride Kevin Porter Jr. Who's not a point guard in my opinion is not a point guard, and no. and say and say okay, well Christian Wood we got some good run out of him, and maybe we'll pick Mobley and and try to get an additional draft asset for Wood. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say who's so who's third? Is it Cleveland that's third or Toronto? Cleveland's third. Toronto's fourth. Thank Cleveland's God. Third. When I saw Toronto's that they moved fourth. up, I was so upset. So if they if they draft Green, if they if they draft Jalen Green, then uh, I mean I don't know how high they are in Garland. Uh, I've never really. Uh, I'm just I'm just not that well educated on Garland. I if they don't think that he's really the future, I don't think Suggs is out of the question. And then they keep Sexton, but uh, for the Raptors. Yeah, obviously you want Jalen Green in the Raptors. There's no doubt about that. And uh, either way, I'd say Kyle Lowry is is now gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unless, <laughs> I, unless they I end think, up Mobley number Yeah, four. I think Suggs would be a decent replacement for uh, Lowry. Yeah, and I, I mean, yeah, he's he's certainly got that that same sort of character as uh, yeah, as and definitely. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. that way you can continue playing Fred Van Vliet. Kind of his. Can like, we um, can we do an episode on uh, Book Night Number One? <laughs> look we yeah, you know how <laughs> awesome it is that we don't have to do those episodes anymore oh my yeah. god and you know what's like, funny <laughs> each episode will be as fun as the last because we just get to talk about oh we could do so much we could do where the pistons going to make the playoffs next year what does the starting lineup look like uh i can only think of two we, we actually have less to more. talk about now but i don't care well, like, well, i'm really upset i disagree we, we do, but... a lot to talk yeah. about yeah, what we have what we have to talk about is guys. What we're yeah, what we're going to do is guys who are in probably the twenty to thirty range. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll be previewing. Sumo, Jared Butler, those are some of the names. Yeah. kind of looking at yeah, right now. Uh, roster space is going to be kind of at a premium next season, even if the Pistons go in with like no none of the minimum contract veterans, and I find it right. very unlikely that they'll do that because you have, of course, your presumptive starting five. You have. Uh, Diallo Plumley, who's I think they'll keep Plumley, just you know for the culture impact, and he doesn't have really much trade value, I would say anyway. But yeah, I mean, just a side note on Plumley, there was there was some talk during the trade deadline that there was some interest in him, maybe a little bit from the Nets, maybe from the Celtics. 
that was in a time when both of those teams really just needed help at center. And now, I mean, in the off season, you just, you know, use like a mid-level, you know, mid-level or whatever, really, just to get help at center. And you don't have to pay any assets at all, but I digress. So I still you've think got we have... Save... My bad, go ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about the roster space. I mean, I don't think the Pistons are going to bring in four rookies either way. No. I think that they would No, really no, there. certainly I th- not. I think they'd really I prefer to, trade. to package all three of those straight up, yeah. 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 So they, could do, they could probably yeah, move got... in the first round with just like two of the better ones, honestly. Well, they have 37, uh, 42, and 52, is it? Yeah, 52 is pretty useless, but you never know. I mean, 50, but 37 and 42 are not nothing. No, those yeah. aren't those aren't bad picks. Uh, 52. No. Well, is it 40? It's, it isn't 37 and 42 and 52. Yeah, so 52, of course, your chances of getting a decent player in that range are border on zero, but still, it's you know, it's it's a pick. Mm-hmm. And the non guaranteed factor is probably yeah. something to a contender. That's yeah, that's what's nice. So right. why second round picks are more valuable now is that you you don't have to guarantee a contract. You can come up with the salary structure that you want, of course, within the bounds. And it just gives you a lot more flexibility. Like sure. arguably, unless there's somebody at number 30 who's in, undoubtedly better than at a number 31, the 31st pick. If you have if, if the players are equal, the 31st pick is more valuable than the 30th pick just because mm-hmm. of that flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm 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 sure we're all on the same page with that. They're certainly gonna package those and try and move up. Absolutely, they're gonna they're gonna try. Uh, whether yeah. they do or don't is another question, but I, I feel pretty confident that Troy can get something done. Yeah, you don't want to. I mean, I would say that Saban Lee will be on a standard NBA contract next season, uh, and will probably be in the G League. I think I'd say that Corey Joseph is certainly gone now. Uh, I, I really doubt they'd keep. Yeah, him we don't need at him at this stage. Yeah, there's there's just there's no space for him. And I mean, in the past, in the it's money. like okay, you play him in the starting lineup alongside yeah. Killian Hayes and and whatever, but. You know, I, I just I don't see that as really being a realistic yeah. option now. Yeah, letting Corey Joseph go that covers the entirety of Cade's contract for the year. Uh, yeah, that's it's like it's actually, like ten mil. I mean, it's not a huge deal. I was actually about to ask you guys. Uh, <laughs> we have some money to play with next year once Griffin's contract expires. Like the Pistons, do you think they? I mean, it's still Michigan, but do you think we have potentially some actual free agent pull? Oh, I think so. With the younger guys, like if the core. I don't know. My dad was just saying, and for what this idea is worth, Cade is going into a situation where he's surrounded by 20, 21, 22, like they're guys his age that he's going to be buddies with, you know? And I could see younger free agents kind of looking at what's going on in Detroit and being like, that's where I want to be. I could yeah, totally Guys were like Jeremy Grant's age coming off their, uh, their the, uh, the the contracts they signed as extensions and stuff. Yeah. Or, uh, the ones exactly. that were picked up with as unrestricted unrestric- uh, free agents. Because like a lot yeah. of these young players, they're, they can't leave if their team doesn't want them to. So you're still talking about guys who are like in their mid twenties, but there's yeah, there's potential in, on this team now. Yeah, you're in good salary setting because presumably if you want to keep Diallo, you get him locked up for three or maybe four years. And you know, who knows what'll happen with Lee and Hayes, but uh well, whatever the case, you've got Hayes and you've got Stewart and you've got uh, Sadiq Bay and Cade basically you got the three of them basically once once the first three are off are moving on to their first contract uh, off their entry levels and Cade only be a year behind so you've 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 got basically good salary distribution in there I mean you have you have time to do something with that cap space before you have to use your bird rights to re-sign those players so it's not it's not just getting the talent it's being able to to operate within the salary cap in a way that you're going to be able to get the necessary talent before you sign those big contracts. 
because, you know, for those who are unfamiliar with bird rights, bird, the NBA is a soft cap. You can use all sorts of exceptions to exceed it. Bird rights is the main one. If you have a, a player who's been with your team for, uh, played for your team for three consecutive, at least three consecutive seasons without, well, whatever, this gets complicated. I'll, I'll explain it. We'll, we'll do an episode kind of on this, a little bit on the CBA before a free agency, but mm-hmm. Pistons just in good shape in that capacity. You can have your, your they're just in good shape. Guys, just in terms of contracts starting and ending at the same time, Jeremy Grant, of course, will end in two years, and they'll have to spend money to keep him, assuming that they want to, which I suspect they will. Um, the Pistons just won the lottery. <laughs> it's true. It's starting to sink it's in. True. A bit. <laughs> I mean, it's subtle. just it's true. Yeah. I gotta. I'm gonna buy an NBA jersey. I remember the last time I wanted to really buy one was Christian Wood. But I was like, I'm only gonna buy it. If he stays with us, and then before that, it was Tobias. But no, Cade Cunningham. Let's go. Oh, I'm buying a jersey. What uh, what 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 jersey design are you getting for your Cade Cunningham jersey? Oh, I'm getting the road well, let's blue. Be, well, it's a new it's a new city jersey every year, right? So should we yeah. wait until you know the, what? Maybe Sean they'll give us some cool throwbacks now that we're like actually going to be a relevant team. Oh my god! If they do like that, um, they had kind of the streetwear look with with which Big Sean was modeling. I don't know if you guys saw that on Instagram. It looked like a patchwork kind of jersey. It was really cool. And if they do a K jersey in that, I, I'll just give the NBA my credit card. They just have it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy their entire stocks that nobody else can have them, and I'll line my bedroom with them. No, they just—they actually the the Pistons just posted a a, a picture of Ben Wallace FaceTiming with Rip, Rip Hamilton. Hamilton after, yeah. yeah, with Rip Hamilton after the draft was called. I mean, it's just—it's so great that that those guys still care so much about the Pistons. I mean, I know Chauncey is coaching. Well, will probably soon be coaching another team. But and who knows what Sheet is doing? You just never really know with that guy. <laughs> I've never really seen anything guys, about him in a while. Guys, but this but, could have been an this could have been us talking about getting the sixth pick. Oh, that's true. don't even I, start. I never thought it was going to happen. <laughs> I honestly I was afraid it, of it. That's like, what I was I so anxious that whole time. I thought you were referencing that. That's what I called. Yeah, because I did. I did say number six. Dude, I called fifth. I can't talk too much trash. Oh no, we were we were we were pessimistic, and Mike was like, "No, actually, I uh, Mike had a that so Raven moment. He knew." Yeah. Well, I said top three, but if I was going to have to pick, then I was going to say, "Yeah, this good thing is going to happen for the Pistons. We're going with number one." So yeah, Dante, good job forcing him to say it. (laughs) Exactly. So really, it's equally my uh, it's equally on me as well. So sure. Yeah, because this was definitely what made the ping pong balls go in this fashion. Uh, Or we can start the new narrative that the lottery is fixed in uh, in. I mean, I don't know how anybody could argue this because it's exactly the point of the lottery. But hey, man, the lottery is fixed in favor of teams who really need to get the first overall pick. I don't think that's really realistic. All right. Anyway, any closing thoughts about tonight before we end? Tommy? There's hope for the first time in a long time. (laughs) I just can't believe that. Like for so long, it was just like, all right, maybe we'll be decent. Maybe we can, like it actually happened. It's it's going to, it's going to take a while. It's good. When Cade steps onto the floor for the first time, then it's really going to hit me. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I have some closing remarks. One sure. Number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Oh yeah, <laughs> those are those are some pretty words. Yeah, I was furiously scrolling on Twitter while Tommy was talking. <laughs> trying to, trying to keep I need to see up. if there's a way to like make that my 
alarm like not an alarm i don't want to associate that with an alarm like a new text notification or something yeah i gotta change my phone background those are my closing thoughts because i have that design of sadiq holding the uh, larry o'brien i gotta change it to cave now so mine my closing thoughts just what i'm thinking about right now is that throughout the season and we saw increasingly good things for the pistons and their future whether from the youth and just the turn to a youth movement and and so on and so forth but underlying i think the the narrative of all three of us and how we felt about the season was that things are on the right track but this is the retooling we might only have this one chance to pick high in the draft and man it's really important that we hit high you know that we get a high pick in the draft and we did that's what i'm thinking hell yeah yeah so all right we will be back with another episode posted early next week we expect we'll probably just start getting into those picks in, in in the late first round but honestly i couldn't really tell you i'm having still a little bit of difficulty putting together coherent thoughts right now oh it's i'm about to as soon as you sign off i'm gonna go run through a wall if that's okay oh the kool-aid I'm guy about now. to scroll <laughs> the next four hours dude boys <laughs> we did it we made it yeah all right folks so thanks for listening we'll catch you next time